Hello everyone, I'm back and it's time for another round of Synced Uncut. It is episode three and uh, we're going to dive in on something interesting today. So today we're going to talk about a certain element of power, power between two humans. So in this life, we're always on some level going to want someone to do something, but there's a correct way to go about that. And there's an incorrect way to go about that. And so we're going to unfold something today, a form of power called coercive power. All right. So let's define coercion or coercive according to Webster's Dictionary. And this is what it means to persuade an unwilling person to act by means of using force or threat. I'll repeat to persuade an unwilling person to act by means of using force or a threat. That would have means to be coercive. I would be using a force or a threat to get an individual to act in my interest. So think about that. Think about every time where you might have felt forced to do something or threatened to do something. Is it ever in a positive connotation? Is it ever a positive memory or a positive emotion you have while in that circumstance? Probably never. In fact, never to feel forced to do something, to feel threatened by definition. You're being put you're being put under an intense negative pressure to get you to move in a certain way. You see. So now when you think about those situations, what's the one common emotional denominator in those situa situations, whether you're being forced or threatened? Fear. Guaranteed you felt afraid if I don't do this, something bad will happen to me. I feel forced if I don't act, something bad will come out of this. They threaten me if I don't act, that threat will come to pass, something bad will happen to me. They intimidate me. Intimidation is a form of fear. It will provoke fear in you. I felt intimidated by this person. If I don't act, they'll do this or that to me. It's fear. The vehicle remains the same, but the form is tweaked a little bit, but it's the same. In essence, it's the same power moving behind it. I call it a power because even though it's a negative, it's still a force. But this happens to be a very negative force. So in essence, it's fear. That is the energy. That is the vehicle that's trying to get you to act in that person's behalf. It is fear coercive coercion in itself is using fear to get you to do a certain thing to get a person to do a certain thing and this type of power you never want to use so before i go further let's differentiate the difference between this type of fear the negative fear and the other one you probably heard about reverential fear the fear you have for your parents, the fear you might have for a close friend, the fear as the Bible describes the fear we should have of God, a reverential fear. What type of fear of this? So notice that word reverence to reverence. Someone means to have a respect for them, for who they are and what they represent. OK, so to reverence someone is admiration. 
there's a positive connotation attached to this type of fear. So we're supposed to have a reverential fear of, let's say, the God of the Bible. Why? Because he is love. He's a creator of all existence. He has our best interests at heart. He knows what's going to be for your absolute benefit now and in the future. He's acting in our best interest. And because of who he is, because of that elevated position, we reverence him in fear. Like, wow, if God said that, let me listen because I know he's right. And I know by listening to this, I'm going to be in a better place that's the correct kind of fear think about your mom and dad you see but you know growing up for myself example mom said you better not do that otherwise this will happen now would i feel afraid at times of course but that is fundamentally a different fear than a coercive fear the fear she was putting in me was reverential fear that's my mother she has my best interests heart she loves me so when she when she warns me about something this is coming from a good place i better not do that otherwise i'll be harmed you see what I'm saying? Do you see the difference between the reverential fear and the coercive fear? Coercive fear, coercive fear is the opposite. It's not about putting you in your best interest. It's about that person getting their best interest out of you. It's about them. It's rooted in selfishness, whereas reverential fear is rooted in altruism. Altruism is rooted in empathy. It's rooted in a good thing coercive fear is not rooted in a good thing it's rooted in the benefit of the person who's trying to exact that against you the motive is wrong and therefore also the process is wrong that is the difference between coercive fear and reverential fear it's the former one that we want to stay far away from that one is dark that's the fear that's not good and that's the fear that people use in their relationships with people whether intentionally or unintentionally as a means to get compliance out of someone okay so let's break down a few examples of fear and action when someone's trying to prompt you with fear to act now that could be the fear of loss you see Let's take, um, you know, a job, for example, someone, a superior might try to indirectly or subtly suggest to threaten your job if you don't do a particular thing. You see, just using that as a means, is it when it's unnecessary, you see, just, just, going, just going like, oh, yeah, you know, if you don't do A, B and C, I have the power to do this to you. It might be subtle. It might be overt. But nevertheless, using that position as a means to get leverage. So it's the fear of loss. This will be something to be taken from me if I don't do this particular way, if I know it's wrong. You see, keep the scenario in mind. Another example, the fear of bodily harm, the fear of mental or emotional harm. That could be a type of fear. And that's an obvious one. Someone threatening to do something physically to you if, you don't, if they don't do what they want you to do. Or you go outside of certain boundaries or let's say mental emotional harm you might a boy uh, a man or woman might be in a situation where they're dating someone and every single time that person doesn't do what the other one wants them to do they threaten to leave them you see the fear of loss putting fear emotional damage upon someone if you don't do this well then, hey i'll just break up or i'll do this outside of the relationship you see once again fear let's go to another one perhaps the fear of disclosure Someone might say, hey, if you don't do this, I, you share this with me, you share that, I'll make this public, I'll make this known, I will tell this particular person what you said, if you don't do what I want you to do, aka blackmail, <clears throat> that's really what that is in essence, um, so something like that, the fear of disclosure, I'm going to put this out there, I'm going to defame you, I'm going to put something out there that you don't want to be out there, 
but I'll keep it to myself if you just do what you do what I ask. You see? These are forms of fear. You could probably think some other ones on your own, but these are forms of fear, forms of coercion to get a person essentially weaponizing fear for a means of compliance, to get adherence to whatever it is they want to get from you or get through you. So I'm going to dial this up a bit more now. By definition, you know what this also is? It is witchcraft. Oh, wow. Have you ever heard that word before? I'm sure you have. I'll say it again. By definition, this is what you call witchcraft. Now, that word witchcraft, it just, it's gotten muddied with different like Hollywood propaganda and all these very archaic ideas. You think witchcraft, you think about these potions or, you know, uh, you know, a witch looking at a crystal ball and this other stuff. That's very extreme, almost like comical versions of what witchcraft is. Now, is there some truth to it? Yeah, sure. Of course, all these things are rooted in some truth. But let's get down to what it is at the very, you know, basic, you know, crude level. Witchcrafts, the goal of it is to control. And that's what people are doing when they use fear or coercion as a means to get you or someone to do something. It's about control. I have to control this person. I have to control the situation. I must bring this under my control in a bad way, in a dark way, but they're going to do what I want them to do. That by definition is witchcraft. Witchcrafts, the goal of witchcraft is to control and to manipulate. Because if you have control over something, what, what does that mean? You're manipulating it. I, you can manipulate a person if you can control them. You can manipulate a situation if you can control it. But the vehicle here is fear. You see? But that, in essence, is what witchcraft is. The desire and the, facili the, facilitation, the facilitation of control is to control something. Understand this fundamental truth. All right? Let that sink in. So let's break that down a little bit further. Coercion or using fear to get control over a person, over one's own life or over a situation is witchcraft. I'll say it again. Fear or coercion as a means to get control over one's own life, another person or a situation is witchcraft that is what is going on here it's about controlling that environment controlling things around you controlling people you see but it's about fear how can i evoke fear and then things will go my way so in essence like just having desire for control of one's life that's fine we always want to have a sense of control in our life right nothing wrong with that but it's not what you're trying to accomplish it's how you go about accomplishing it accomplishing it and it's about the result you're trying to get. That's what determines whether or not a person or you yourself have moved over over into the wrong type of energy or the wrong type of spirit. It's, a, it's not about the word control. The word control in itself is neutral. There's nothing wrong with that. The word, the word you know, power, there's nothing wrong with that. But when we start to twist it and use it for a bad means and have a bad process with bad intentions, now we've changed it into something else. We've modified it to be something it's not supposed to be. You see? Now, if, when a person results now, as we said, to using coercion, that's my power. If, if something goes out of whack or something I don't like, I'll use fear to change the whole thing. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, you have crossed over into witchcraft.
And if you read Galatians chapter five in the Bible, it lists this. There's a list of things that as humans, part of human nature, we have the potential to do. And this is one of those things that is mentioned. It's called witchcraft. Does that mean that everybody uses witchcraft? No. Does it mean that everybody, you know, it's an anchor, you know, there and we just kind of utilize it? No, no, no. What it means is as part of our nature, our default nature, because we're all flawed. We all need to be saved. Keep it real. (laughs) One hundred. We all need Christ. But absent of his intervention, we all have the potential to use witchcraft. And that's why it's named. But you should never, ever resort to that. It's what you call it's a work of the flesh. In other words, it's a work of human nature that is bad. That is distorted. That comes from the wrong place. And a lot of us have, whether intentionally or unintentionally, dipped into that. You see, so this here is to give you insight into what that is and how to identify it in yourself and others, wherever it may be, but to know when that's going on. And so if you also continue to read Galatians chapter five, excuse me, Galatians, Galatians chapter five, it goes on to describe the fruit of the spirit. In other words, the type of character or type of energy you should use if you want to bring about a certain result in a situation or in a person. And so you'll see the word goodness listed. There's several of them listed, but goodness, that's the most opposite of witchcraft. Goodness, that should be the means by which if you want someone to do something, that's the flow of how you should get it get done. Goodness. So now you have good intentions, a good outcome, a good process, good meaning. It's going to lead the person in the correct way. It's going to present that information in the correct way, a.k.a. not using fear. And it's going to put that person in a good place. And watch this. It is independent of whether or not it benefits me personally. That's another difference. How you can tell the difference between witchcraft and a good persuasion. Witchcraft always benefits. At the end of the day, it's about that person. It's really not about you. And they may try to tweak it, make it seem like you'll benefit from it. But ultimately, it gives them the advantage. It's about them getting something out of it, out of you, out of a situation. Goodness, on the other hand, is a little different. Could that person also benefit from doing you good? Of course. Think about married couples. If a wife or a husband encourages wife to do a particular thing by virtue of being their mate, they're going to get some goodness out of that, too, because that's their mate. But that's not the highest priority. The priority was that person, the benefit and the well-being of that person. That's what goodness is. That's the vehicle you should be using when you want to persuade someone to move in a certain way. And if they're unwilling, it should still be that vehicle. You want to move through that energy, that spirit. You want to you don't want to dip over into that dark power. You don't want to dip over into coercion, a.k.a. fear, a.k.a. the weaponized witchcraft. You never, ever want to use that because it's harmful to you and to the person who's on the receiving end. It does no good. It doesn't matter how temporarily it might make bring you relief or how things may seem to be okay for a little bit longer. The end of it is always catastrophe every single time. No one benefits by using manipulation as a means to achieve something. Using fear to manipulate, it's harmful. It's, and initially, it's harmful emotionally and mentally. That's the first place it shows up automatically. You don't want to use that. So take the time to kind of reflect on this and try to ask yourself, hmm, have, ever, have I ever intentionally or unintentionally resorted to that to try to get ahead, 
to get an advantage? Do I know people in my life who seem to have that as a means to achieve something? Do I see a pattern of that in them? You want to ask yourself that because this is something that's very common. <laughs> and you'd be surprised how much it goes on right over, right, it goes right over your head sometimes. Because sometimes we can be desensitized to things because it happens so much. We think, oh, that's just how things are. And it starts to normalize, but it's not normal. You'll be shocked at how much, how much, how many different things can become normal to you if you get around it too much. And before you know it, you shrug your shoulders. Well, that's just how things are, are ran. That's just how the ship goes. That's just our relationship. That's just how things, that's just the culture of this place. There's nothing normal about it. And this session here I'm giving on coercion is, is going to give you discernment. It's going to give you a new set of eyes. So you begin to cut through that stuff and kind of see, uh-uh, this is not normal. You see? It's actually toxic. Witchcraft is toxic. It's toxic to the spirit. It's toxic to the mind. Never want to use it. Ever, ever, ever. So this one's short and sweet. Re-listen to it. Go over it. And once again, do a little self-reflection. Do some introspection. And, you know, ask yourself, hey, if I'm doing this, hey, it's got to stop. Break that habit. And if there's someone else in your life you know does that, find a time, find a way to kind of open that discussion if you can. But in any case, you at least want to be aware of it. If anything, if this, set, if this podcast, this episode creates an awareness in you, my job is done. At least now you know and you can use that to kind of sift through life, to see through things, have a better accurate view on yourself and what's going on in your environment. That's today's lesson. Take it, run with it. I will see you all next time. See you.